0: You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from Ascully.com, your weekly look at movies, video games, and more, brought to you by your hosts, Ascully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies, are you? Welcome to After The Show, welcome Sid Talk, welcome listeners. Yeesh, that was, uh, you know, high energy. Well, you know, got to keep it on the high-low. You know why?
1: Uh, No.
0: Because (laughs) this is after the show, number 700. 700. We've reached 700 shows. How many years is that? I do not know. Divide 52 into 700. You should have asked me
1: before. That could have been the before the after the show discussion.
0: All right, do the math. 52 Mm -hmm. into 700.
1: You're doing it. I can hear you clicking. Go on, do it. I don't know it. Just just
0: tell me. It's 13 and a half years. Fantastic. So we are nothing if not, I was going to say predictable, but that's not the word. But that also is the word. Consistent? Consistent, that's the word. Mm. All right then. So thank you for listening to all 700 shows, everybody. I wonder if anybody has.
1: Is there a penalty for not having listened to them all?
0: Yes, we keep doing them.
1: (laughs) Until we wear you down and you listen to them all. Exactly. Okay, okay. Just so everybody knows
0: the rules. Let's just say we're here for you.
1: Happy 700 then. Yeah, Yeah.
0: we'll always review a movie for you if you're interested. If you're not, whatever.
1: (laughs) You won't be listening right now, so we're not really talking to you. So it is Saturday,
0: September the 4th. This is after the show 700, as I just said. The movie we're looking at this week is The Protégé. It's a 2021 movie. You can watch it on streaming right now. It's from our friends at Lionsgate. It's rated R. Just go to all the places streaming movies are available and pay you $20 and watch it. So Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of The Protégé.
1: An assassin lady has to find somebody to assassin. And she's
0: tough as nails. I'll give you the one off the tin. The movies streaming movies come in a tin? No. (laughs) Rescued as a child by the legendary assassin Moody, Anna is the most skilled contract killer. However, when Moody is brutally murdered, she vows revenge for the man who taught her everything. Ah. They came at it from a different angle. They did. They did. They did. But they were also correct. So, Sid Talk, the movie The Protégé, what did you think?
1: I really enjoyed it. The end.
0: That's episode 700 in the bank.
1: (laughs) Well, I figured we'll do something different. That's it. I liked Mm -hmm. it. Did you like it? You like it? We're done. Thank you all for having me. No, I've Um, got quite a lot to say about this. I really enjoyed it. It is the same as, like, many other stories, you know? Ultimately, there's a dude who's an assassin, finds a young, vulnerable girl who needs a father figure, obviously becomes that. She becomes an assassin. He's in some kind of threat. She then, you know, takes up the cause of whatever he's doing or to save him or to avenge him or whatever, right? We've seen this multiple times. This isn't new. However, it looks so good. I like all the people in it, like everybody, and... You know, it's got a little cheekiness to it here and there that I'm kind of like, oh God, you know, the little dumb one-liners and stuff between people. But I, I just, the majority of it, I was literally just sitting there like, hey, I want to see what happens next. This is cool. It looks, I'm looking at everything and every scene. The sets are gorgeous. Right. I just had a good time.
0: Let me come at it. This is what I thought, okay? Yeah. Like you, I felt like I'd seen it 50 times already. Mm-hmm. Including Luc Besson's movie, Anna, which was very similar. Remember that one? Yes. And I was like, hmm, this is well made. There's some good people in it. But overall, I found it very bland. Hmm. And I like an action movie. And I especially like, I revealed last week, the uh, female kicking ass type of movie. Yes. You're, and I did. There are good points to this movie for me. The action is really good, and they don't hold back. There's really a lot of, like, like a head on a spike, and it's, it gets crazy, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a head on a spike.
0: Yeah, he pushed his head down onto a, onto oh, a spike. Oh, that!
1: Yeah. A different, okay, totally different, coming from yeah. a different angle on that one, too. Yeah, yeah.
0: The guy who got the head on the spike, it would have been better if it came at a different angle for him. Maybe he would <laughs> yeah. still be with us. Huh.
1: Huh. It wasn't a spike. It was one of those things that restaurants... Rip off their little order sheets off yeah. the little booklet and stick on the little... That's actually thing.
0: called a spike, though, in the restaurant. Put it on the spike. Oh, is it? Yes.
1: Bob's Burgers, they don't call it a spike. They just call it the little metal thingy.
0: Right, well, there you go. Just saying. So there was all the elements that I like. And it honestly did feel like a Luc Besson movie. I was like, oh, is this Luc Besson? Because it's like his, you know, La Femme Nikita yep. style template. And that's how it felt as I was watching. I was, And I like Maggie Q, but ultimately... This was the problem I had with it. The plot was a little convoluted about who was doing what and, you know?
1: A little bit.
0: It was almost convoluted to the point of, I'm I'm not even listening to, like, names anymore. I'm just like, oh, okay. Bad guy over there. Guy in a thing. You know?
1: I can't disagree with that
0: completely. Yeah, so there was that. A few moments, even. I don't know if it's bad filmmaking or just me. I'm not getting it. But there were a few moments where I was completely lost on the plot. I was like, so what's that guy doing exactly? And... What's his motivation? I don't understand. The guy in the big place. Mm. I was unsure of his motivation. And they did a uh, that thing where they were un- unveiling the plot like bit by bit. And they did it sometimes with her looking at a computer screen. And it was just flashing articles up very quickly. And I was like, I'm not, I don't have time to read that whole article. <laughs> what exactly did that guy do? Oh, whoops, I missed it. I'm just going to carry on going. And ultimately, it didn't matter what I knew. Like, it didn't actually matter, did it, in the end for the plot?
1: Yeah, the one thing I was like, what? Was, oh, we're doing spoilers, right? So her articles are about a dude who got assassinated 30 years ago by by her friend who has now been killed by someone associated with the guy who was assassinated 30 years ago. And now the guy who was assassinated 30 years ago, spoiler alert, wasn't assassinated, he faked his death. And we see him like three times before anyone really, really solidly says he is that guy because the pictures in the newspaper article, I was so forgettable that I didn't, he didn't stand exactly. out. Exactly. I was like, is this the guy? And nobody's calling him by his name. Mm-mm. No one claims he is who he is. He's very famous, apparently, because thousands of, or hundreds of rich people are coming to his little fancy party. We've skipped over the whole part about him having a new identity. He's got a different name. None of that shit. And then when the guy says, they have no idea who they're dealing with. Like, we have no reason to feel this guy is a threat. He, We don't see him personally. That's how we usually establish that the really bad guy, the guy at the top of the pyramid of badness. Right. Will, like grab somebody's mother and slit her throat, right? So we are like, okay, that guy, you don't fuck with that guy. Like, that is the guy. And everyone who's afraid of him, that's why he's the top guy, right? We have none of that. This guy is just super generic. Yeah, generic. That was my only complaint, is that the bad guy isn't as interesting as all of the thugs and the peripheral Exactly. They're not even bad guys, are they?
0: Like, Also, it's like a super anticlimactic end with that bad guy.
1: I actually approve of that particular one. I was like, okay, cool, right. cool. Even then, you know, if you don't prove it, something explodes and then it's like, oh, did they really explode?
0: Like, I also think that this movie has some really shitty dialoguing parts. This line is actually in this movie. <laughs> I hate it. Are you ready? Yes. Are you going to kill me or fuck me? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. That was a little cheeky.
0: Not just cheeky, just it didn't even... Compared to how these people are all behaving, it all of a sudden became a comic book. Uh, like, true. Like it became like... Well, I'll tell you what it became all of a sudden. Mr. and Mrs.
1: Smith. Yeah, oh, totally Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. I got that vibe But completely. it didn't even have
0: that, that kind of light-hearted tone. And then, you know, people are shooting, getting the next slit, people are exploding and stuff, and then she's uh, having witty banter
1: relations
0: yeah and (laughs) witty banter with him and i was like yeah this really doesn't fit in this movie it was actually played quite seriously up to this point and then what's going on now (laughs) i don't
1: disagree with that either but you see still for me the overriding experience of the whole of the movie is better than the bits that are complainable about
0: yeah and i like this type of movie so i would say found it bland for this type of movie i don't feel like there's anything particularly memorable and i don't think i'll remember it in three weeks time well, actually, what is memorable is Maggie Q, because find her, like, she's a really good action star, mm-hmm. even though... Very good. I imagine a lot of people go, well, look at the size of her. She's about, like, 90 pounds. How could she tackle a big man? She I does mean, tackle in the man.
1: world, you get taught self-defense techniques, and in the real world, it may or may not work, but in a movie... Uh, Also, James Bond wouldn't be alive after one single bad guy. So why are we questioning a woman who can't fight with men versus a dude who has been dodging bullets for what, 55 years, 60 years? Yeah. So yeah, different standard for the different sexes. I don't approve. James Bond should have been dead. James Bourne, whatever. Jason Bourne should be dead because of injuries and thwarting, whatever. They've been blown up. They've been tortured. He was in a you know we drowned born drowned at some point basically so yeah
0: and they torture her a bit in this movie but you always like well she's definitely getting out of this right i mean (laughs) doesn't that like pull away some of the tension from any of that sure and you know any movie like this if she's the badass who's on the poster with the gun that i'm looking at now she's not the person who's going to you know be tortured in a cell and then die she's gonna be the person who out that out go Correct.
1: And as my late father would say, when I was trying to watch Charlie's Angels again, many, many years ago, well, by God, there' nothing's going to happen to them because then they won't have a show next week. And yeah, that is kind of how my dad talks. So, you know, I had to sort of block that out to get into the whole,
0: (laughs) you know what they call that? What? It's called plot armor. So like Charlie's Angels have this armor around them that is, we can't kill them because of the plot.
1: Oh, I didn't know that was a thing.
0: Yeah, it's actually a thing. Okay. Uh, Let's say Daryl Dixon probably has a bit of plot armor on him, doesn't
1: he? Yes, (laughs) as do all of them, right? Yeah,
0: like, so, you know, sometimes, and you literally can be looking at a show like The Walking Dead going, well, I don't care about this scene where the zombies are coming after Daryl, because I know Daryl's fine.
1: So we all are suckers.
0: Yeah, we're suckers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's why every movie and TV show should just end with the heroes biting the dust is that what you're saying
0: i do appreciate it sometimes when they just like come out of left field and like kill somebody Mm -hmm. you're like whoa really
1: yeah i appreciate in this one too but again spoiler
0: alert yeah
1: (laughs) the death we thought was a death wasn't a death
0: yeah there are some twists and turns yeah for sure so i yeah it's a weird one i enjoyed it but I would describe it as bland and not particularly eventful. Eventful is not the word.
1: I disagree because I am, well, I'm biased. My opinion is biased because I liked it, so. Right. I'll defend it. I did like the action.
0: (laughs) I was a bit miffed that there wasn't a proper car chase. I was waiting for one.
1: Ew, that would have made it so much worse. I would have to be sitting here saying, you know me, I'm bored with car chases and it was very boring.
0: Right. But maybe that. that would have stepped it up a mark for me if there was a decent car chase.
1: Oh, uh, but I'm more important.
0: True. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. What are you talking <laughs> Hey, you fell for it. We're going with it. All right. Anything else you got to say about the uh, film itself or we'll go to the cast?
1: No, I just think it's an enjoyable action. It's got a story of... And I do like a lot of... Some of the... A lot. There's several. A lot. What am I saying? They're quite a... There's quite He's saying a, bit
0: of, a lot,
1: a lot. <laughs> There's quite a bit of dialogue that I did like, right? Samuel Jackson's speech to him about the levels of how some people are good and some people are bad. I really enjoyed that. I think that was really good. Her talking about how like, it's just when she's at the restaurant, she's like, this is what I'm doing. And this is it. I'm telling you now, anyone who gets in my way, my goal is to kill the person who killed the person. And that's it. There's a few conversations that I really did approve of.
0: Yeah, I do like, it's kind of like a Bond gadget, but she has a cell phone with a knife that pops out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you did like that.
0: Yeah, I thought that was really good, especially at the beginning where she really used it. And I was like, wow, okay. So this movie is not going to hold back on the violence. Ah, no. Which it does not. It did not. So moving on to the cast, Maggie Q is our star. She plays Anna. What did you, oh, Anna. She's called Anna. Mm -hmm. And that movie by Luc Besson, she was called Anna. Yes. The movie was called, okay, I get it. So what did you think of Maggie Q as Anna?
1: Oh, she's good. I like Maggie Q, so I'm into it. I
0: said to you watching this movie, if you like people in movies who have a lot of costume changes, you'll like Maggie Q. (laughs) Yeah,
1: she has really good clothes. She's
0: literally like a walking uh, fashion show for, uh, I would say, like three quarters of the movie. I was like, wow, she went from one room to another room. Now she's in a different jacket. I don't know. She seems to have a lot of... All the clothes are really cool. I said she's like probably the most fashionable or person walking around. Nobody else in the movie is quite as cool. Mm, she's pretty cool. And she has cool jackets. Even when she's like crawling down a vent or something, she looks cool. But yeah, <laughs> if you like fashion. She but a lot I of like fashion. that. I like that. I she's, like Maggie She's Q, got it. a
1: specific vibe about her. I like that.
0: Yeah, there's something about her that's got charisma about it, right? Like a mm-hmm we've seen her in a lot of stuff. We've seen her in bad things. We've seen her in good things. That movie we watched recently, The Death of Me, where Mm. she was, you remember that one with the voodoo mumbo jumbo and all that? Mm. It was really bad, the movie, but she brought something to that movie. I I get that she's got something, you know, star power, as they call it, Sid Talk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it is or is it just her? She's compelling to watch. She's good at what she does. So yeah, I'm into that.
0: Michael Keaton plays Rembrandt, not Rembrandt, the actual painter, just Michael Keaton playing. Well, he's actually, you just playing Michael Keaton, right?
1: Michael Rembrandt
0: yeah. is his name. True. <laughs> what do you think of Michael Keaton?
1: He's actually all right. I mean, he felt like he was being himself. A little bit kind of cash and suave and trying to be super cool and a little bit on the powerful side, but trying to... He's kind of like a split type of personality guy, right? He was totally defending this horrible, terrible person that he works for. And yet he's at a point in his life where he appreciates her for like how she's really close to bringing the whole thing down, right? You can feel that he's like, damn, like you guys, you guys over here on my side, we need to be careful. And he shows that. So I, I like that.
0: Yeah, I quite liked him too. And I kept thinking I need to watch Pacific Heights again, where he's called Mr. Hayes. <laughs> there was a Mr. Hayes in this movie. But I know. It wasn't him. We say that because we're Hazes. Well, you're a Hayes and then I married you. That makes you a Hayes <laughs> in this uh, way it works. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson plays Moody. You know what? I like Samuel L. Jackson. I was getting irritated by him at the beginning of the movie with his coughing. He was kind of irritating me with his coughing. I know he was supposed to be dying, so he was coughing all the time. But then I kind of realized he wasn't being like regular Samuel L. Jackson. He is in a lot of movies, right? He's trying to play this one a bit different, more fun or something.
1: I liked him a
0: lot. But then towards the end, he pulled like a Pulp Fiction speech type thing where I was like, whoa, that's pretty good. And I think that's the speech you're talking about.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I a, didn't think of it like a Pulp Fiction speech, well, but he does I a, get he, what you're saying. He
0: does the ultimate speech in Pulp Fiction that he's ever done in any of his movies, I think. Mm. You know which one I mean. Mm-hmm. The Path of the Righteous Man, that one. Of course. But he kind of did a, that kind of serious, oh, now, now i am taking him seriously. So it was a bit different to what he. it is. It wasn't Nick Fury. Yeah, I liked him. And then Robert Patrick as Billy Boy. Again,
1: think? Robert, Michael and Samuel have their own. They bring with them a certain level of like that screen power you're talking about, like where you're just compelled to see what they're going to say and do next. Right. That's why they've been around for a very long time with good movies and not great movies combined. But I feel like all three of them brought their, their own thing. And I do think it was better because of who they were. Sometimes I will say, oh, it could have been anybody. But for like Robert Patrick, I was convinced he was just like an old whatever this world is they live in, right? This spies and subterfuge and whatever, like assassins and shit. He obviously used to be in it. And now he's just a biker riding around Vietnam, right? Yeah. What was that all about? I don't know, but I bought it. I bought it. it. was like, okay, he did all that shit probably 50 years ago. And then he retired to Vietnam with his Viking buddies. And this is it.
0: He's still connected, but he doesn't do any of that
1: shit. I was just convinced. So I liked it. Now,
0: this is directed by Martin Campbell. He directed Casino Royale. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah. He directed, I think Casino Royale is the best of the, um, you know, Daniel Craig movies. Definitively, you all should agree. Mm-hmm. He also did Vertical Limit. Do you remember that one?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was quite kind of a cool action movie that's also pretty bland at the, at the end of the day. Bland, yeah. He also did the movie Green Lantern. Also bland. Less said about that, the better. <laughs> and a movie that I really enjoyed with uh, Antonio Banderas is uh, Mask of Zorro with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Mm. I like that one. It was kind of tongue in cheekish, you know, kind of cheeky. Yeah. But a, also a, a good action film. So Martin Campbell also is like 80 years old, by the way. So he's mm. making this movie at 80 years old. you got to give him some credit for that. I mean, come on. It's like Clint Eastwood.
1: <laughs> exactly. Clint outweighs him by how many years? So, yeah, you know.
0: Clint's like, what, like in his 90s? And yes. he's literally starring and directing in like movies like every year. It's crazy. Clint.
1: Keep Clint. going. Keep going, man.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So IMDb reviews for The Protégé. Why do we do these reviews, Sid Talk?
1: Uh, Because you're amused by people giving things one star. Like they make the effort in their life to actually tell the world how much they hate a movie.
0: So okay, these are the people who gave this movie one out of ten. They are not the views and opinions of myself (laughs) or Sid Talk. This guy says, I expected this to be great, but it was terrible. Cringy the story was awful the dialogue was terrible and also the sex jokes were weird they didn't fit at all
1: they were a little bit weird
0: <laughs> <laughs> i do believe they were weird also it would i would actually agree with that guy and the next guy says this is a great movie if you just teleported in from 1389 the movie was terrible. The story's so generic and boring, and nothing is realistic. The movie represents everything wrong with the world. Just imagine the resources that were wasted to bring this garbage into the world. I normally like Jackson, but the last couple of movies of it he was in shows he's really hurting for cash.
1: Okay, I'm focused. You said all that stuff, but I'm focused on 1389? Yeah, I don't know. What are we talking about? Like, okay. Time travel a person from 1389 to right now and watch just this movie. I think they'd love this movie. They're not exposed to any other information about what's happened in the last, what's that? 600 and some years? Yeah,
0: first off, they've never seen a moving picture.
1: (laughs) That's irrelevant. They've never seen anything that's happening now except people eating and (laughs) shitting and screwing and dying, right? They've experienced all of that.
0: And this movie does contain a bit of all Everything
1: else. (laughs) 1389. So I ignored the rest of what this person said. I assume they didn't love it.
0: <laughs> All right, finally, this guy says, useless and pathetic. Oh, pathetic. Everybody eats bullets like it was candy and they talk rubbish dialogues. What a waste of time. Useless. Oh, useless. Rubbish dialogues. Rushless. That's it for that. I'm going to now at this point, oh there are no extras, but you can watch this on streaming right now. There will be a Blu-ray coming up. Uh, in a month or so from Lionsgate but let's give a score to this movie I am giving this movie a straight up six out of ten it might be a five though I'm really oh
1: um, I just we're disagreeing today I think it's a 7.5
0: oh it's really I'm into it for me it's nowhere near that
1: interesting
0: the movie Anna that we watched from Luc Besson I would give that way higher marks than this one mm-hmm I like that one better. And it was pretty much the same movie, if you think about it. So that is The Protégé. We have differing opinions on episode 800. Seven hundred. Well, oh 700. God. We're going into the future, Sid Doc. <laughs> differing opinions. That's why you come to this podcast, because we can't always agree.
1: And we never agree with you. No. Whatever you think is wrong.
0: <laughs> is that what you're saying? Exactly. Oh. So thanks to Lionsgate, and next week, we'll review another movie. I haven't got anything wrote down, but... I do have something in mind. So movie recommendations. I am going. These are actually not movies, both of these, but I will recommend them to you. Number one is Maggie Q related and it's the TV show Designated Survivor. Mm-hmm. She was very good in that show and it was a shame that it got cancelled and never really went anywhere because of that, right? They never got to finish the story off. Yeah, exactly. And my other one is Robert Patrick, who played John Doggett in The X-Files, that we rewatched all of The X-Files last year. Or was it this year?
1: It was last year. 2020, we did the X-Files yeah. thing.
0: The Doggett years of The X-Files aren't necessarily the best years of The X-Files, but I still think he was... I like it's John part Doggett of it. Character. You
1: gotta just suck
0: it up. Yeah. If you don't like it. I mean, I didn't mind it, so... So, uh, X-Files designate a survivor.
1: Mine are? Is that what you're asking with this awkward silence? Yes. Mine are, this year I'm going through all the movies from the 80s that I have seen, and I'm only up to, I think, 1982 or 83, I've lost track. But the two that I'm recommending, not because of quality, just because I've seen them, and I want you to share my whole life experience with me. The World According to Garp, which I need to watch again because at the time I feel like I was completely in love with it. I was in awe of it. It was weird. And, you know, I was young enough to be like, what the hell is going on? And so if I watch it again, it could be that thing where it ruins it or enhances it. I'll have to try it again. And the other one is The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. And yes, I just did that because I really love that movie.
0: Ain't nothing dirty going on
1: ain't nothing dirty going on it's another hard candy christmas i mean there's lots of songs there's even a song cut out that burt reynolds sings
0: is it what <laughs> yes. in, the, in the deleted scenes <laughs> yes <laughs> well i'll give that a miss
1: there you go world according to garp and the best of where in texas two movies that could they're pretty far from uh similar but give them a try what the hell
0: all right Ace hey, scully stuff i'm gonna talk about the game i couldn't talk about last week but now it's out i can said so talk all right the game is called lake do you remember this game
1: oh uh, yeah it, it wasn't that long ago. it doesn't
0: feel like a new game because i actually played it a little bit early but like as i mentioned last week now i can talk about it the game lake is it's a story-based game similar to like how a telltale style game works choices decisions mm-hmm. lead to stuff also the main gameplay mechanic is you play this lady called meredith who has her parents are about to go on a vacation and they live in a like an idyllic lake town, basically. I think it's like maine that that area or is it idyllic? right and she her dad is the mail carrier for this little town and she agrees to come back home while they're on vacation to look after the house and to do his job in the mail van for two weeks so that's the premise of this game and you end up in the town and your main duties are to deliver the mail now delivering the mail involves riding around in the van it involves get these packages in the back of the van that are addressed to certain people and you have to find the addresses take the packages, and take the letters and each day there are 14 days i believe you do this job now you would think well is that it you just deliver the packages well no because like when you deliver a package and you knock on somebody's door you'll get to meet somebody who because you grew up in this town they remember you most of the people so there's previous you haven't been back to the town for 20 years but there's prior relationships with you and the townsfolk so it's what would you you describe it it's a lot of the it's, interactions. A chill. it's
1: a chill, chill kind of a game. It's like listening to chill music or playing solitaire.
0: Yeah. And a lot of the interactions with the town folk are like, it's about like remembering back in your life and how you've changed and maybe you've changed for the better or the worse. You know, there's a lot of that in this game because like there is one situation with her best friend from high school who she really spent all the time with, Meredith. And when she turns back and she delivers the mail, like one of the first packages you deliver is to this lady. The lady is, There seems to be a rift between them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the rift is just, it's nothing big. It's The rift is that Meredith went off to be a computer programmer and just didn't bother contacting anybody ever again. You know, like people do in life, right? Yes. Like, uh, I'm busy. That doesn't matter anymore. But then to other people, it means so much to them that they just think you're being a complete dick. Hmm. So there's a lot of that in this game where should she have kept in touch or is the is that lady just being sensitive or, you know, and it kind of unravels that way. And I would call the game like uneventful in a good way. <laughs> yeah, you would. Because... Every day I wanted to deliver the mail and, you know, occasionally you meet a person and they give you a bit of a life story or like what they've been doing in the last 20 years. And like one guy's is a guy who lives in the woods, who's like unhappy that, there's like a developer who wants to come and like knock down a bunch of the trees and make, build houses there. He's not really into that. So his whole story is, you know, you try and encourage him to be maybe a protester or a, somebody who make a difference in the town. And you inspire people as you go along, you help people. You're kind of the world's most helpful postal person because you do help. Oh, well, maybe that's just the way I played it, but I did decide to help absolutely everybody i felt like i like a whirlwind i came into the town i was just very nice and helpful to everybody and then there's decisions to make at the end and you know do any of the decisions it's not like a telltale game is it nothing's life or death that's the difference it's like the decisions lead to
1: yeah there's no big drama happening
0: there's no i mean are we spoiling
1: this for people though if you're encouraging them to play it
0: Well, there's no violence there's no i'm I'm, i think that's a good selling point because most everything is violence right these days and this isn't there's not even a like a mention of violence there's not even like oh those people over there could be doing something terrible it's more just regular people that you meet they've all got a story it's semi-interesting some of the stories might not be interesting to you like they're just or some things just don't like remember the guy from the hotel who's kind of like a dick
1: yes the nerdy gamer yeah guy. but it
0: doesn't really amount to much it's just oh you met a guy who's kind of a dick <laughs> that's what what you've learned from that so not everything has to mean or lead to something and i feel like what the game does the best is it immerses you in being in this lake place and you you drive around as though that was what you're doing for those two weeks And if that appeals to you, that kind of thing, I think it scratches the same itch as it does for me playing American Truck Simulator, which is a game where you drive from A to B with some cargo. It's very uneventful, you know, unless you love that stuff. I play it as though it is real. Like I'm not crashing my truck into stuff and going, you know, I'm, I'm obeying the laws. I'm using my indicators when I have to, I'm, I'm going the speed limit. really
1: selling this to a lot of people, but I know. I think I am selling
0: it. it to a certain amount of people. Mm-hmm. It's not Call of Duty. It's not The Walking Dead. It's funny in parts, right? There's some really funny dialogue. It has this is where it got me, and I was like, okay, this is this game was made for me. Surely it was. There was references to David Lynch. <laughs> Blue yeah. Velvet by David Lynch, where you meet somebody who rents videotapes. It's like a little thing about real movies. You know, that she talks to you about movies. And it's like, oh, I get to choose between this movie and that movie. And all the movies he seemed to pick was like some of my favorite movies so it's almost like they made the game for me or they was thinking about me but they weren't
1: i'm sure they were no 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 i'm sure they were so this game
0: is called lake it's a postal worker simulator let me say now the only downside i would have is like after the 14 days when your story's up there's not much reason to go and play it again because it won't, it's not different the next time. Mm. I mean, you can choose some different choices that lead to different endings. But as far as I can gather from playing the game, there are only three different endings. And you know what they are when, you know, you're going into... There are situations towards the end of the game where you have to make a choice. And you can tell that there's three ways it can go. So you can go back, I guess, and get the other two endings. The time I did play with it, and it was about six and a half hours long, I really enjoyed it. And I, th- I feel like it's one of my favorite games this year wow so that is lake it's available on the xbox and the pc on steam you can get it right now also we don't really talk about music that much on this show right we don't so this week there was a couple of albums that came out that i'm i really like and i just wanted to mention them the first one is halsey's new album do you know halsey i Halsey. well this is a fourth album and this one is quite different to the other albums because it is produced by Nine Inch Nails, Atticus and uh, Trent. And it's called If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. And it's like a concept album. The whole album is a story, like start to finish. There's no gaps in between the tracks. It almost plays out like a movie. And talking of movies, there's a movie that goes along with it called If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. It's only in IMAX at the moment, but it's like a a giant music video. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Which he brought out to go along with this. But the fact that it's produced by... Trent Reznor and Atticus, which I love Nine Inch Nails. You I think do. you do too, don't you? Mm-hmm. This has quite the sound of Nine Inch Nails, but with Halsey's vocals. So if you, you know, I, I'm sure, in fact, I mentioned it to a friend who loves Nine Inch Nails, but doesn't know who Halsey is. And then he listened to the album and he's like, well, I'm going to go and find some more of the Halsey music. Right. So I think it operates on two levels. So that's something I've been listening to. And I've also been listening to Church's new album. Church's R A band from the UK, or specifically from Scotland, I believe. And their fourth album also is called Screen Violence. And there's a track on there that they do with Robert Smith from The Cure. And it is awesome. So I want to also recommend that. Are
1: you going to add music to your weekly list? Of things? Well,
0: I do listen to a lot of different music. You do? There are times where, like this week, two really great albums came out in one week. So I was kind of just wanted to say that and you know i don't know if people know what kind of music we're like what's your favorite band said talk
1: uh my favorite band will disappoint a lot of people
0: but it's you too
1: then acdc and right up there is queen so there you go
0: i have so many
1: <laughs> you do have a lot but that's that's been my you know regardless of anyone else i couldn't give a shit what anybody else thinks of the individual people and then you will think it's funny because you'll ask me yeah. the name of a youtube song or youtube or what album of things i'm like i don't know i'm not that kind of fan i have just been in love with not every single song and not every single album but as a band i saw them back in the day like way back in the day on the joshua original joshua tree tour and i have just been that's it and acdc uh my brother got me the gold one the gold album see i don't even know black No, Back in Black is Black. Hell's Bells. Yes, got me that for Christmas when I was, God, I don't even even know how old I was, a teenager. And we had Back in Black, and then I just listened to that like crazy. And Queen, it's just sort of woven into my brain and everything about me. So there you go. That's why I
0: like my bands? Do you know the first album I ever got? No. Okay, the first album I ever got was, uh, I got a cassette, you know, like a Ghetto Blaster boombox thing. I got that for Christmas one year, probably in the early 80s. And the cassette that came with it, which I'm assuming my grandma picked out for me, (laughs) and I listened to it to death, even though it wouldn't have been something that I would have bought, was a Bat Out of Hell by Meatloaf. Right on. On cassette. And I can't tell you how many times I listened to it because it was the only cassette I had.
1: So you know what kind of family I'm from. My brother bought my grandma the Bat Out of Hell 8-track tape for Christmas one year. That's a great. Just thought she should listen to it.
0: <laughs> it is a really awesome album. Again, it's a concept album that tells a story as it goes along. That's yeah, what true. I liked about it. Listen to
1: you like a selling voice. It's a concept album. Da da da
0: da 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 da. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's my stuff for this week. What's for dinner? Sid talk.
1: Well, guess what we discovered.
0: What someone, did we discover? A friend
1: of mine posted a friend, a ex coworker, someone who used to work where I work. Now they don't work there anymore. Posted a picture of some Indian food that they got in this town. And they said it was delicious and it looked delicious. Now to us, because we both love Indian food, we've tried the different ones that have come and gone over the years in this town and they've been really horrible. And so we're going to try it.
0: And if we're not here this week, you'll know what happened.
1: (laughs) No, I, I trust them. I trust. We'll see. You never know.
0: All right. So Indian food. And what is your advice to the lovely listeners?
1: It's advice that not... It's it can go either way where people will either um, be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Or be like, well, fuck you if you think I can just go on with my life, whatever. But here's the deal For, for whatever, whatever it's worth life as we know it goes on regardless of your life or loss. Or pain, or illness, or how pissed off you are at the world, or how pissed off you are about something that's happened to you out of your control—illness, death, whatever—it doesn't mean you're unimportant, and your pain is unimportant, right? It doesn't mean that. It means that life will just keep going on, and sometimes that pisses people off, right? They're pissed off already about their life, and then they see other people living and doing their thing and just keep moving forward, and they're pissed off because you're living, you're going on, right? Or they're hurt, or they're broken because. Because of it, But once you accept that, that your pain and suffering didn't put the brakes on the whole fucking world, and it shouldn't because then there would be no world, right? If we all added up all of our own individual pain and suffering and said, oh, every single time I'm hurt, me as an individual, the whole world needs to stop for me, then we would be paralyzed because we're all having pain all the time, 24-7, every second of all existence, there is pain and suffering and hurt and broken heart and Broken societies and terrible, horrible people doing terrible things. And if you get caught up in that, it's unfortunate. It's more than unfortunate. It's tragic and horrible. And yet, because someone over there isn't impacted because of it or hurt because of it or broken because of it, maybe have no knowledge of it. You can't be more pissed off at them than you are at your own situation. Feel like that's part of understanding and accepting that things go on. It doesn't dismiss that you've suffered or that you're hurting. It isn't like erasing you from the story. Like, oh, we just want to ignore your pain and suffering and we're all going on about our daily lives. No, we can learn to weave it all together, right? We don't. And that's why so many people get so frustrated when they are they have a shitty job and they're not happy in their family and they're bitter and pissed off about the choices they've made or things that have happened that are not their choice, and they look across the street and they look at their friend and they look at other people in their family who have a different, from their point of view, better life and they're just getting on with it. What about me? What about my pain and suffering? Well, the world can't fix us all. You have to just take control of it, your pain, your hurt, whatever, and turn it into something better than it was before well said said it is i mean it's harsh and people will disagree with it and i haven't felt every pain that every person's ever felt that is the truth neither have you the person listening to this could have had a very tragic horrible thing and yet in the history of humanity someone else will have had it worse And that sounds harsh and like tough love, but it is the truth. And for you to want the world to stop for you, or you even choose to let your own life just melt and disintegrate into nothingness because, well, I'm hurt. And so the whole world has to just like fuck the whole world. Then if they don't care, I'll just sit here and let myself disintegrate into nothingness with bitterness and hatred or hurt. Well, okay, but then the whole world will keep going on, (laughs) like you know, make something better out of the terribleness instead of expecting the whole world to just bow down to your pain and suffering.
0: All right. Well said. <sighs> well done.
1: It's well said, but it's not going to go over well with a lot of people.
0: Ascoli.com is our website. You can catch it on uh, this podcast on anchor.fm slash after the show. You can catch us on social media sites, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I also started doing a thing this week Sid Talk, where I do like a little clip of the podcast and post it up on Twitter. Yeah, how's that going? Uh, it was actually pretty good. It's just like a minute of the show that you can listen to straight on Twitter, but then it gives you a link so you can go and listen to the whole thing.
1: I mean, that's a good idea. Yeah. It's a little trailer-ish for Trailer, you. Trailer, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I did that for our 700th show. Well, Oh, our, I see. For our 699th show.
1: Celebratory.
0: Email ascoli at com. Don't email Sid Talk.
1: And... You can st- email me. I, I just don't care.
0: Stay classy... Mrs. Mrs. or Miss, Maggie Q and keep wearing lots of different outfits in all your movies.
1: <laughs> and I'm gonna say thank for yourself because if you're not doing it, someone is definitely doing it for you.